Before I did, obviously, I'm going to pray, but my name is Matthew. This is Paulina. We're going to be um, leading your thoughts a little bit today in Let's Go Fishing, Strengthening Your Evangelism. Um, but before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and pray to get our hearts and minds ready for what we're going to share today. So if you guys will join me. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord God, we're so grateful that you've given us this weekend to be able to come closer to you. Um, even now, God, this opportunity to be able to learn a little bit from your word, God, from, from our experiences, God, that you've drawn from our hearts that we can share with others, God. We pray that you'll use uh, Pauline and I uh, this morning, Father, to be able to uh, encourage the, the body uh, to strengthen their evangelism, God, and more importantly, just help really grow in their faith, God. We're so grateful for these opportunities to be able to share like this. We pray that you'll embolden us with the Spirit and help us to speak clearly, Lord. We love you, we thank you, and we give all this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now, guys, I'm going to give up to Paulina. She's going to introduce herself, and she's going to share. Okay. Come on, Paulina. Woo! Hey, you guys. Um, my name is Paulina, like Matt was saying. Um, I'm a member of the Greater Houston Church. Um, and I've been a disciple for a little over a year now. Um, I actually moved to Houston to start grad school at UT Health MD Anderson. Um, but before that, I spent the last year living in Galveston, participating in a prep program um, at the University of Galvin Medical Branch. So I'll explain all of this. Um, a prep program is a post-baccalaureate program that is used to, towards recent graduates. And it's looking to give them significant research experience in order to make them more competitive for MD, MD, PhD, and PhD programs. And um, there are six of us in this program. And um, I would bring people from my program to church with me. I think I was able to bring half of them with me. And it was through this program that I actually got to meet one of my best friends, um, who is Veronica Campbell. Right here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, for anyone who doesn't know, Galveston on a good day is about an hour away from Houston, and we would drive. I would drive into Houston um, Tuesdays for uh, Bible talk, Wednesdays for midweek and church on Sunday, and anything else that we did. And um, it's a lot. It was definitely a sacrifice, but um, it's one of those things that I love. It's like a great thing to do. So. And I, so I don't mind it very much. And it is through, because of the sacrifice that I was able to really reach out to Veronica. Um, so when we, we first got into our program, me and Veronica weren't friends. Um, she was cool. Uh, <laughs> she was cool. Um, we had a lot of the same interests, but we didn't really talk that much. And um, so at the time, like I was reaching out to multiple co-workers and one thing that I would do is I'd set up like mini Bible talk uh, lessons where I'd go and read scripture after class and um, see who joined me and at the time as a singles ministry we were reading uh, John and so randomly all of the things that I talked about were about John um, or came from the gospel of John so um, one day after class, I was like, I asked people if they wanted to read scriptures, and Veronica decided to join me. Um, we were looking at John 5, which is um, the beginning of John 5, which is a story about the healing at the pool, and I can confidently tell all of you that I had no idea what I was doing. Um, <laughs> I thought that 
I felt really inexperienced with scriptures and um, I was like, I was comparing myself to my Bible talk leaders and I was like, oh my gosh, they're so good at this and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but surprisingly, my inexperience did not deter her and when I asked her to come to midweek with me, she decided to, she decided to come. And um, she even decided to carpool with me the over the hour that it would take us to get there. And uh, during that hour, our carpools and stuff like that, we just talk and we were able to build a really just strong, solid friendship. And she kept coming to stuff. She kept coming to midweeks and uh, game nights and church services. And three weeks after her first, or not three weeks, but three months after her first um, midweek service, she was baptized. And so now, not only can I call her my best friend, but also my sister in Christ. Um, so it's really but um, the scripture that always uh, challenges me and motivates me to reach out is Acts 8 it's the story of Philip and the eunuch and my favorite verse from that story is verse 30 that says uh, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet do you understand what you're reading Philip asked and I love this scripture one because of the imagery of how the story unfolds, like just imagine a man like running up to you as you're in your chariot, he's out of breath, he's like, do you understand <laughs> what you're reading? And so I think that is hilarious. And then two, I really enjoy, like I really like how Philip was not worried about what he looked like or who he was when he reached out to this man. He wasn't concerned about the man, the eunuch's titles or where he came from. He wasn't concerned about the fact that he was a complete stranger. He didn't have a completely well thought out speech about why he was sharing his faith. All he did was ask him a question. And this scripture reminds me that I don't need to be anything more than myself to share my faith because God makes up for the rest of it. It also um, reminds me a little bit of why I reach out to people in the first place because when I first was baptized and everyone talks about, you have to seek and save the lost, seek and save the lost. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't really know what that means, but um, whatever. And um, I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why someone like Philip would run up to a royal official and share his faith when if he offended him, he could have been beheaded possibly. Like There were consequences. But the more I thought about why... Philip reached out to people and the more I thought about why I reach out to people I kind of I what I came up with is it's love and it was Philip's love for God that gave him the courage to walk up to a complete stranger and tell him the good news and it's that same love that motivates me to share my faith um in John in first John 4 verses 9 through 10 it says this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God loves us. He really, really loves us. And God called me and saved me when I had lived most of my life adamantly opposed his even existence. Um, so, quick test summary of my testimony. Um, I deal with like mental health issues, so depression, anxiety, like thoughts of suicide, and so for a good half of my life, I did not want to live. 
And so when I, the first time I came to church, um, I was pretty skeptical because everyone's like, oh, just pray the depression away, pray this away. And I was like, what does that do for me? And um, it was at that first church service that I had my first experience with God. And he told me as everyone was singing and I'm crying and I'm trying to figure out why I'm crying. And he just told me to let go. And um, it felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And my first thought was, well, obviously I'm schizophrenic. So um, I'm hearing voice like, this is crazy. But there was something that told me that that's not the case, that it was something else. And so I kept coming and I kept coming. And um, eventually I was baptized. And it's funny because after, right after I was baptized, the depression didn't go away, the anxiety doesn't go away. But um, as time has moved on and as I've seen myself grow and been able to be in this new environment, I've seen that God has healed me. Like he's taken so much of that away from me. He's completely transformed me. And that is something that I could not have gotten anywhere else. I've looked for it other places and it's never there. And it is in, it is from these low point, my lowest points that I've been able to see God the most clearly. And when I think about all that he's done for me, the way that he's completely transformed my life and just my very existence, there, like, it give, it brings me so much joy and just adoration for God that I really cannot help but talk to him. Um, talk about, talk about him. And, um... My testimony is something that kind of works its way into my everyday conversation. And um, it is the one thing that I know is a cure for everything. And when you look out into the world and you really take the time to look at people and to see them and not just see them as Joe Schmo, but see like their sin and like some of the common things that we see every day, you can see that there's a lot of people hurting and that motivates me because if God saved me, he can see, save them as well. And I want them to experience the same joy that I have. And it's not, it's not always easy to share my faith though. So there's a lot of different art, um, obstacles and things that can discourage me. So I also have terrible social anxiety. Um, I get really nervous and um, I, we used to be really t terrified to talk to strangers. I like I constantly think stranger danger, stranger danger. Um, yeah, and I was generally pretty suspicious. Um, I would get worried what people think about me. I would get worried that um, I'm bothering them, or I honestly would not want to be bothered to talk to people or have human interaction. Um, and it is my insecurities that make that have made it hard for me to reach out to others. But one thing that I have learned is that reaching out to people is not about me. Um, it's not about my comfort. It's not about um, what I like or what I dislike. It's about saving someone else. And when I started to put other people's needs in front of my insecurities, it made, um, in front of my insecurities and my comfort, it, came, it became so much easier to reach out to people because I wasn't focused on myself. I didn't have that anxiety because the focus was off, the spotlight was off of me and on God and about what he can do for all of us and what he calls us to do. Um, and even after you get through all of the like, insecurities and deal with that, 
people still reject you. Um, people tell you, no, I'm not interested, I don't believe in God, blah, 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 blah. Any of the various reasons that people tell you they are not interested in what you're trying to tell them about. And it's hard, it really, it's really discouraging because you're just like, I'm trying to tell you the good news and trying to help you and they're just telling you flat out no and we're not, we can't really hit people upside the head with Bibles and hope that it works. Um, but we, um, but ultimately it's not you that they're rejecting, they're rejecting God and they, that's something that they will have to come to terms with later. Um, but even in the face of all of that, I just, we have to keep hoping and praying that God will show us who we can reach. Um, Jesus said it best in Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38, um, where he says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest fields. Um, he will send you plenty of souls to harvest, but we have to be ready and willing to reap them. Um, you have to put yourself out there. So, um, in regards to putting yourself out there, I have just a couple of practicals um, that have helped me, and so I hope that they also help you. Um, the first one is start with hello. Um, it sounds really basic, but uh, I tend to use like conversation starters. Like my go-to thing is if I can make people laugh, then I know that I can talk to them about anything. Um, so I'll introduce myself. Um, I'll say a joke. And so, like I said, humor is a way that I make a connection with someone, and it also calms my nerves. Um, so I found that even in the like, you can make the smallest connections. Like you have similar interests. Like they have a superhero shirt that you're into. You're just like, oh, I like your shirt. But blah, blah 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 blah. And then um, you get to know them a little bit, and then all of a sudden, bam, uh, you've reached out. You invite them to church. You ask them, oh, are you looking for a church um, to go to? And it doesn't have to be anything super well thought out. Uh, the second one is breathe. Uh, don't psych yourself out. Um, if you are, const if you're thinking that you need to put a together this big whole speech um, to reach out to someone successfully, then uh, you're going to talk yourself out of going to reach out to someone. And also, um, people don't gener generally hiss at you for talking to them. And so the worst thing that they can say is no. And so you get a no and you just walk away. And then um, my third practical would be know your two-minute testimony. So um, it's like an elevator speech for sharing the good news. Um, you can, and one thing that also helps me, it's like I look at things that, what would you highlight? Uh, what scriptures would you use to describe your journey with God? Um, to kind of give you a better sense and so that even if you're just meet someone in the grocery store, you can share with them and plant that seed and they can leave you and have that going on in their mind. Um, and also it gives you a way to better like defend your testimony because there's always people that are going to be like, well, why do you believe in God in the first place? And so you have a scripture to back it up. Um, fourth thing is to talk about God. Um, like I said in my story, uh, I incorporate God to a lot of my um, everyday conversations. So I've had conversations about like Hamilton the musical that have ultimately led back to God in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how I got there, but um, it happens. And so um, 
sometimes you don't get to like structurally share your testimony but one thing that can help you and it will make you like share the good news constantly is to work it into everything that you do and not just in your example but in even what you talk about and um the last thing is to be open um i know for me when i first started coming out to church i used to think that everyone was perfect and so it made it hard to think that i could ever reach what everyone else has reached because they're not where they're not where I am. They've never been this low, and so they, how could they have ever been this low? But one of the things that being open helps you do is it lets people see you and see where you came from, so they know that God doesn't just save the perfect and the righteous before He sh He saves the sinners. We're all sinners, and um, it's pretty encouraging to let other people know as they're struggling that you have struggled as well, and that um, God still saved you. And um, so that about wraps it up, but I wanted to share this with you guys um, because we all have the, we don't have to be theologians to reach out to people because it's just us. We just need to be ourselves and we all have the opportunity to um, reach people's hearts and even if we don't know, we think that we don't know enough of scripture to reach people, we can be confident in knowing that the Holy Spirit will empower us and God will make up for the rest. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Paulina, for sharing. I know uh, it's not easy to get up here, especially with all those things that you just shared about. So definitely, it's a, definitely a testimony of God, how God's working through you, even your weaknesses, and a testimony to all of us that God will, God wants to use us if you allow Him. Um, and hopefully, I can get uh, I can share a little bit with that with you guys today. Um, just to introduce myself. Most of you guys in here know who I am. Um, for you who don't know, my name is Matthew Hose. I'm part of the the DFW Church. Um, I've uh, I've been a disciple now almost 17 years, so if you do the math, I became a disciple when I was about five, so, uh, no, I'm just playing, uh, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, I became a disciple when I was in College Station, um, in a campus ministry there, and, um, when I first became a disciple, um, sharing my faith was like, it was terrifying to me, because I, yeah, you had to go approach a bunch of people, you had to talk to them about God, and you're still new to it, and you're like, you're trying to navigate your way through that, and you're stumbling and you're falling, and you know God's watching the whole time. He's watching and using this, um, and and God will use a lot of things around us if we allow Him, even the awkward moments to really teach us. Um, give me a moment, one second. I'm trying to use this iPad. Um, so my my hope today is that not only to help you guys encourage you and strengthen you as far as like evangelism goes, but honestly, more importantly, just with your faith. Um, hopefully to deepen it a little bit more, that will equip you guys and encourage you guys to be able to share freely and not really overthink it too much. Um, God has already equipped us a lot with Scripture, uh, with the body as, as itself, and we got a lot of experience around us that we can take advantage of, um, and hopefully we can do that today. But, you know, when it comes to effective evangelism, it really begins with us. Um, and what I mean, what I mean by that is that we can't share what we don't have. We're called to share our faith, but if we don't have a faith to share, obviously it's not going to come from our mouth and from our heart. Um, so what do I mean by all this? We seek to go evangelize others, 
But we have to ask ourselves, have we evangelized our own hearts first? Um, And we've got to strive to build a faith in such a way that we can't help but share with others what's on our heart. Like we're so convinced of it, like eating and breathing. Like we're not going to miss a meal. So we're not going to miss a point to share great things about God. Um, In uh, Luke 6, 45, and most of my uh, scriptures I'm going to share today are going to, they're going to come out of the New Living Translation. And it says, Luke 6, 45 says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So again, if God is not on our heart, he's not going to come out of our mouth. But if he's really, if we're doing the time to plant him and put him in there, and we're putting so much in there, it can't help but come out of what we're going to talk about to other people. Uh, and like, you know, like Paulina was saying earlier, uh, it, it, should be, it comes to a place where it just comes part of like a natural conversation with people. And we're not thinking, overthinking, like, oh, how am I going to get this in there? But it's who you are. You know, it's not even, evangelism necessarily something that we do, it's just who we are. It's what we're called to do. Uh, so just to kind of give you an idea of what I mean by all this is, I want you guys to think, I'm gonna, I need some audience participation real quick. Um, I just need, uh, I need, just tell me who your best friend is and why. <laughs> okay, so you're, what? She's my best friend, and uh, she is my best friend because she is my sister in Christ. She, we share everything together, she's so we're so close. I can entrust her to anything in my life. Yeah. If somebody were to ask you about your best friend, you could probably tell a lot about her. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but if somebody asked your best, your best friend, would you be hesitant to tell the other person about them? Probably not. Probably not because you're pretty proud of them. Yeah. Pretty encouraged by them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's pretty honest. <laughs> um, I, another example. Okay, so tell me, somebody out there, tell me who your favorite like football team is and why. All right, go ahead. Dallas Cowboys. Okay, Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Now, what? It, it, it seems like an obvious question, right? And I'm just playing. But why the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, America's team, top championships. Yeah. Zeke, Dak Prescott. Zeke, Dak Prescott. Okay. Um, now, if, if, if you were to go and without asking somebody else about it, could you go and share freely about the Dallas Cowboys to other people? Yeah. yeah. They don't stop. Exactly. And you wouldn't have any problem going to share about it, right? But in the end, aside from this, aside from Paulina, how much will this get you to heaven? But how much do you hesitate in sharing about the Dallas Cowboys to other people? And so what my point is, is that like we have a lot of things that are in our heart, and a lot, of, most of the time, it's a lot about the world, and we have no problem talking about it with other people. Now, we can use those things if we'll be intentional about it to get to God. But we have to, again, ask ourselves, and ask those people around you, those people you work with or whatever, they'll know exactly what's on your heart because they'll know about what you talk about the most. And this is not, a, this again, this isn't a lesson to shame you guys or make you feel bad. It's just, honestly, it's just an introspection, just to kind of see what's really on the heart. Uh, and honestly, I've had to learn about a lot of this. Um, and a lot of times, honestly, a lot of things that come out of my mouth is a lot of fear. A lot of things I worry about. A lot of things, how this can be done. It's not really faith. It's about what God can't do, right? And so, but we know that God can do a lot of things. Um, 
And like I said, we share so freely about a lot of other things, even like the favorite movie that we like or our favorite actors or whatever, and they come so freely. We have to ask ourselves, why are we so attached to those things? Why are they so easily? Why, do, why does it have to compete a lot of times with God? And so, so get down to it. So what exactly is evangelism? Evangelism simply is just sharing the good news of Christ and his kingdom with other people. But the reality is, if this isn't good news to you, if this right here isn't good news to you, you're not going to share about it with other people. And so if it's not, I encourage you guys to fight for that. Understand why this isn't like something that you can so easily share with other people. And what I mean by that is that, um, for example, like whenever I was at work, even over this last couple of months, um, I, there's a lot of people I don't know at my workplace. I work in a restaurant, a uh, very challenging uh, environment because it is very worldly in a sense of like they're talking about a lot of things, talking about sex all the time, talking about a whole bunch of different things. And um, I, just try to, I just try to make my rounds just to go talk to people. People I don't know, I just strike up a conversation with them. And then I'll ask them about how they're doing. I, I don't even care. I don't ask for permission. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, how's your life? What's going on? How's your relationship with your husband? I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm, I'm going to go in there and just ask them. And when I start to share with them about the kingdom and how great it is in these relationships, and I ask them, what about you guys? Do you guys have these relationships around you? How do you do it? How do you handle your marriage by yourself? You know, how do you, how do you carry through? And I asked her, what about you? Who are your best friends around you? Who's supporting you in your marriage? I said, I said what about your husband? What about his relationships? And she's just thinking, she's processing, I'm watching her, and she starts to tear up. And she's just bawling because she knows she doesn't have those relationships. And so I was like, man, this is a great opportunity. It sounds weird, but I don't mind making people cry and be jealous for the kingdom of God. Are you making people jealous for the kingdom of God? Because we tend to be jealous for all these other things in the world, but we're not making people jealous for God. We want to win people over to all the amazing things that God has, has already given us, and sometimes we can so easily take it for granted because we're still focused on what other people have instead of what we already have. So again, do we have the good news? Is it good news to us? If we're not connecting with it, and a lot of times we tend to get distracted, then it's not going to easily come out of our heart. Um, so if we look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, this is another one of my focus scriptures for our, for our sharing today. And um, it says, again, it's Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in a place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So the scripture is encouraging us to do what Jesus did and how he did it. And how he did it is he knew he was focusing on heaven. He could take all this, all the struggles from other people, all, this, all the challenges that people throw away, all the excuses of why they're having such a hard day. We'll reach out to people and they don't want God. And it saddens my heart that they don't want God because we know how awesome it is. I mean, Jesus is awesome. And honestly, over this past year, this is what's helping me so much in my evangelism. This is really just pinpointing Jesus and watch his interaction with people. He's so taboo. I mean, he does, he does what nobody else wants to do. He's going to tell you straightforward. He doesn't even know you. And he's going to tell you 
how he feels about certain things, but he does it in a way to help them think. He wants them to trade what they got for the kingdom of God. Um, look, and I've realized this. Look, uh, something to help again to illustrate. Look, like I, I have to I just show my coworkers that I'm not a perfect Christian. And uh, sometimes we get like we we, we want to be so like righteous and so holy around them that we can't just be free. And again, that doesn't mean give me freedom to sin; just be free to be real. Um, and so what I have to do is that again, I'll just most of my coworkers to kind of give you guys some practicals. A lot of my coworkers tell me they're Christian, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna roll with that. If you're a Christian, I'm gonna treat you like a Christian. And so what I do is I ha- I share my quiet times with them as if they're another disciple. And the purpose of that is that I figured I'm going to scatter some seeds one way, and I've got to be shrewd about it. And that's what Jesus tells us to do. He says the people in the world are more shrewd with their own kind than people of the light. So why shouldn't we work harder than Satan? And if you're not working hard as Satan to save people, you have to ask yourself, do I really care about where I'm at? Is it that important? So I just ask, and I just share scriptures, and I'm hoping that it will stir something inside of them, whether it's that day or another day. And, and I've seen the effects of it. And I've seen it so much the effects that people will come out of their way and strike up a Christian conversation with me without initiating it. Then they'll start even asking me to start praying for them. And so again, you never know. You just have to take some risk. And don't dismiss people if they tell you they're Christian. Own it. Listen to it. God's been planting seeds in them their whole life. And so sometimes we're just called to water. And sometimes we're called to plant. And we never really know because ultimately God's going to make it grow. But he's placed every one of you guys in your workplaces or your neighborhood or your apartment for a reason. It's not just to happen to live there or happen to work there or whatever. Like there are people that are crying out, but they're not verbally crying out. And we just got to seek them out. And the best way to do that is we got to, we got to approach it from the same way Jesus did. And the way he did that was, if you'll look, Jesus met more needs than he made disciples. But he made disciples the same time he was meeting needs. So if our heart is to go out and just meet a need, it takes all the pressure off of us. It's not like oh, I gotta help make you make I gotta help you become a disciple. No, I just gotta help love you. So I gotta I just gotta meet you where you're at and listen to you. Um, you know, like I said, Jesus was tabooish, and we've got to get out of this mindset of having being politically correct as a disciple if we're gonna go fish. Yeah. And and society's gonna tell you don't talk about religion. Don't talk about this. Well, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about Jesus. Yeah. You know, and we got to see it that way. We can't separate the two. We got to be so convinced of Jesus that we can't, again, we can't help. Um, and we know, again, going back to what I said earlier, we know what's in our heart if we're talking about it. Romans 10.10 10 says, and I want you guys to think about this. This is like real important to building your faith as you're making disciples. Romans 10.10 10 says, For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it is by openly, openly declaring your faith that you are saved. If we're not sharing our faith, we're not leading to a place that's really going to save us. You know, and what happens is, if you guys think about this, and this is a little bit deeper, is that you think about the words that come out of your mouth, that's really professing the faith that you have. And if you're thinking about a lot of worries, or I can't pay these bills, or I can't do this like this, you're not showing you something different from the world. You're not showing where your reliance is on. But if, we're, if we just go for it, regardless of how we feel, and we confess that Jesus is Lord, Jesus will be Lord of your life, and it will be evident to other people, and people are going to want that. 
2 Corinthians 4.13, another similar scripture to Romans 10.10. It says, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Now guys, Jesus is trying to prepare us for what's out there. He he understands that the world is a challenge and it's hard. Um, Even Matthew 10, 18 through 20, it says, on my, on my, you know, he's trying to prepare us to where he's going to lead us and take us. And the reality is, is that we, like Paulina said, is that sometimes we can, we can overthink how we're going to share with people Um, because we can put them on a pedestal and we're all even, we're all equal at the the foot of the cross. And we have to remember that. And uh, he says, on my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be me, it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And it's interesting because he's, this is before prominent people, and he's going to give them what to say. And we don't always meet prominent people. For the most people we, we come across are not that, no offense to them, it's just they're not that prominent. And, and if he's going to give them what to say in a prominent position, he's going to give us what to say in a non-prominent position. You know? And so God is looking out for us, guys. He's always watching after us. So to help me change what I've had to do in my evangelism, uh, I'm going to kind of narrow this down so I can give you this. Uh, look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. And this has helped me a lot, not only within the kingdom, but also just when sharing my faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 through 21. And the Bible reads, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave him this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know, God is calling all of us to be these ambassadors, to reconcile people to him. And that's what we're doing. Basically, that's what evangelism is, is come back to God. God wants our relationship. God's going to take care of them more than anything else in the world can. And we have to be convinced of that. And it'll be evident when we go share with people. It won't be weird because we just love people. We care for people. We don't have to browbeat them. We just love them. We just kind of meet them where they're at. You know, and we do this, and I've seen so much effectiveness by, again, not making myself better than them. So when I go out to share my faith with people, again, I, I, I have no problem disclosing my sin. I have no, no problem disclosing my weaknesses because I want to show them that it's God that saves me, not my actions. And that they can be included in that same thing. So throw yourself underneath the bus with, with those that you're reaching out to. Help them be relatable to you. You know? They're already fearful of the church and religion and, and everybody thinks they're better and all these hypocrites. But if you own your sin before they own your sin, then they have no excuses and you can't let Satan win. So embrace your weaknesses and show that your hope is in Christ, not in all your actions and your perfection or whatever. And then you can give a way for Christ to be heard. Um... So, I want to leave you with a lot of scriptures, but I'm not. I'm going to try to wrap it up here, guys, for you to encourage you guys. Ultimately, in our walk, and we're going out to evangelize, 
Jesus knows that, like he's like he said, he's sending out like lambs among wolves, and it's going to be a dangerous place out there. Um, and, he, and he's trying to prepare us through Scripture many a times. He says, you're going to be persecuted. If you're going to follow me, remember, if they hate you, they hated me first. You know? And the reality is, he said, they're probably going to hate you. And if you will just accept that reality, then you can't be surprised by it and be hurt by it even more. And so I encourage you guys, read the Scriptures. Read what Jesus says about what it's going to be like to follow him. And honestly, your fishing will be so much easier because you're not going to be like, oh, what if they reject me? What if they don't like me? Like, No, they're rejecting God. They're not rejecting you. You're just doing your job. You're just sharing freely, sharing your heart, and you're hoping to catch them. You're throwing that net out every day. And just keep scattering. Share really what's on your heart. A great practical, if you are fearful about sharing your faith, is share your faith with another brother. Share your faith with another sister. This is our training ground. Take advantage of regularly sharing your quiet times. And if you're regularly doing that, then it will be an overflow to the people that are around you in your workplace and other places. You've got to put it in there and practice it. God gave us this practice ground for a reason. It says in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. So I'm going to leave you guys with a little bit of uh, practicals here. Um, the first practical I'm going to leave you with is put the pressure back on God. It's his calling for us. What's that, what's that saying? Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. You know? And that's what he wants to equip us. And he's got some great brothers and sisters that, are, that, are, that, that do well at this. Um, and he's going to make it grow. We're just called to plant water. Second practical, guys, is just be real. Be honest where you're at in your walk with God. People need to see what a real walk with God looks like. They don't need to see like you're doing everything right and you never step out of place. You need to see that you're trying to work on your own heart, and then you know what that looks like. It's a safe place to be real and honest because you know that God wants to show you grace, and he wants to extend the same grace to them. So don't hide your imperfections, but embrace them by faith in Christ. Third practical. Seek, when you go out to share your faith, to love first and meet needs through compassion. Just do that. Don't worry about, like, i got to get you out to Bible talk. i got to get you in a Bible study. No, no, just take a genuine interest in people. Just go out there and get to know them. It's like Paulina said. Just say hello. Who are you? Why are you out here? What brings you out here? And you'll be surprised how much if you take a genuine interest in people, how they'll take a genuine interest in you. And what, what, what they don't really know is they're asking you to share your faith with them. And they don't even know it. But just take a genuine interest in somebody. There's that time to do that. you know. Uh, and people will see that. What's that whole saying? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's real. And the last one, and then probably the most important one, is when you go out there to go reach out and you go out to evangelize, pray. Just pray before you go out there and do it. Say, God, open the hearts and give me the courage to open my mouth and love people and share my faith. Guys, God, Jesus wants to take all this pressure off of us. He wants to put it back on God. He wants to prepare us for the fight that's out there. It's hard. And, uh, but, God, you guys, you, every one of you guys got the, you know, you have the Holy Spirit, and God wants to use you guys if you'll let him. And just dig deep into Scripture. Focus on Jesus, like I said, in Hebrews 12. Because he is the perfecter of our faith. Don't be afraid to be tabooish. Because uh, he'll take a lot of this pressure off of you that we try to be so restricted by to do. So thank you again, guys, for letting me share. I appreciate it. Now, we only got about five minutes. So obviously you can say a little bit later if you want.